0: Well, Welcome back to the One Link Podcast. Good to be with you all again. I'm joined with my co-host James. Hey, how are you doing, y'all James? doing? I am great. How are y'all? Good. Well, we are uh, continuing our interview of us. So <laughs> James, I'll I'll turn it back <laughs> over to you and, and Marcy and I can share a little bit more with you. That sounds great.
1: Uh, so I know living cross-culturally, there's just always all these interesting things you experience. I wanted to see if you guys had a funny story or two uh, to share with our audience.
0: Well, this might be... going to
1: rat me out? <laughs> <laughs>
0: this, this might be a little edgy for our podcast and uh, interesting way to start off the episode, but uh, I just can't help but tell this story and it kind of throws Marcy under the bus, but she's she's a good sport. She mentioned earlier in the interview that when we got there I'd had a two-year head start on her language so in those kind of early days when she was still learning uh, I was kind of coaching her sometimes how to say things so I was working for a business and there was a woman who worked a, a, a national you know, she was a, a citizen of that country it worked for our, our company and um, she kept asking me about the medical insurance you know what, what, what was our plan could we get it could we get this could we get that and in that culture people were very indirect about things so off they wouldn't usually come right out and say something they would kind of try to give hints so you could figure it out and i began to just kind of her season of life and she was married i began to wonder if she was pregnant and but again in that this conservative muslim context i couldn't just come out and say hey so you're pregnant hey is that why you want to know about this so I devised this uh, plan because my wife was friends with her to just have Marcy call her and ask her directly because I, I just would kind of help, would have helped me to know what, where she was headed with all this. And so I was coaching her on what to say and the word in this language for to think about or consider and the word for to play are very similar, just one, <laughs> one letter difference between them. And so I, I said, well, here's you can say you say you know, oh, just wondering if you have any good news. That that'd be a kind of a subtle way to say, are you pregnant? And then I said, if she says no, you can say, well, are you guys considering it? You know, that that was kind of a polite way to say, are you you know interested in or be, to becoming pregnant? And but again, if you if you say if you change one letter on that word for to consider, it, it means to play. Well, if said in a certain context, it meant like. Hey, are you guys fooling around? You know, if you know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and so probably not, not the best choice. I said, but whatever you do, Marcy, don't say this, or it's going to sound like you're asking her if she's fooling around with her husband. And uh, so then, I, <laughs> then I kept
2: thinking, okay, whatever you do, don't say that. I think it was the N instead of the L, or well, I could still be confused to this day, and it was the L instead of the N in that one word. Don't, don't say that, Marcy. Whatever you do, don't say that.
0: Yeah. And what so of I course <laughs> you can see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. She, she said that thing that she wasn't supposed to, and we both made eye contact, and she she was you know she's on the phone and she realized what she had done. And she didn't know what to do, so she just hung up on this lady. <laughs> so, so we were, it was a pretty humorous moment. We were sitting there thinking, "Now, what? What should we do now?" <laughs> so, yeah. So eventually, yeah. she called back, called her back, and sorted it all out. And uh, anyways, that's. Apologized
2: kind of so, profusely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for being the subject of our funny story, Marcia, Yeah, you're welcome.
2: Going.
0: That's right. You take an awkward an awkward
1: conversation, and then you put it in a second language and yeah, you just never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. yeah so what was what was your work like uh how long were how long were y'all there as a married couple
0: uh put it together it's almost 15 years i think
1: okay so, so, so that's a long span tell me tell me some highlight stories i about say
0: 13 put with the single years put it together it's 15 so it's about 13 married okay but okay Uh, Highlights. Yeah, I I think those uh, in those early years, there was uh, lots of opportunities to go out into places where, you know, we were probably some of the first believers to walk through some of these neighborhoods and pray. Uh, I had a a good friend who invited me. This is before we were married, invited me to go to his little hometown and uh, just in the middle of nowhere, a little desert oasis and you know share with his family share with his friends at one point the uh the police stopped by which is always a little disconcerting but uh thankfully he's, a, he's everybody in this town was his cousin so thankfully the police guy was his cousin so mm-hmm. he just he said you know we need to register you and uh he said you're the first as far as i know you're the first foreigner we've ever registered to, to stay here and obviously, that's not the same thing as the first gospel witness to be there, but most likely was that, you know, and at least in any recent history. Um, so, just moments like that. At the time, I don't think I appreciated them fully, but now looking back, I think of what, particularly that region is so closed off right now. I uh, just think and praise the Lord to have that we had those opportunities. Um, so that those are some of my highlights. I had some great tutors that we. Just you know, we'd start we'd start studying together, and then it would turn into some gospel conversation, or you know, or sharing about our lives, and just fun, fun moments. Thinking back at uh, some of those things. Mm
1: -hmm. What about you, Marcy? What are some what are some highlight stories?
2: Well, I think the the first ones that come to my mind were actually they came out of the hardest years that we ever had there. We had had some rioting in our area and there was some lockdowns, and there were some epidemics, Um, not COVID, but I don't know, COVID in the early stages almost felt familiar to me because we did go through some epidemics where we were. Um, And then there were just, it was just hard years for other reasons as well. But um, I had a friend. A dear friend who would come and help me. At that point, we had three kids. For a while, we had three kids under the age of 15 months. Uh, Mm. We had our daughter, and when she, the week she learned to walk, when she turned 15 months, um, we had twin boys. So I was confined to the home a lot during that time because even though we had an elevator in our apartment, um, there were 15 steps at the base of the elevator, and it was physically impossible for me to get out with all three kids by myself during that time for a very long season but she would come over and eventually she would help me make she began helping me make baby food and uh she and I she and I would have our aprons on in the kitchen and I got to where I would say you know I'm learning your language I have this resource that I can't really I'm, I'm not understanding a lot of it can we listen to it together and you fill in the gaps for me which meant that she was listening to Bible stories and then narrating them back to me, telling me in her Uh, own words what they were. Mm -hmm. At that point, I could understand most of what we were listening to together, but it was just kind of a a way that we could do this together. And um, we gave her a Bible at one point. Um, flash, Flash forward years later, we found out that she had given it to her nephew who we believe was diligently seeking, but we hadn't met. So even, I don't know, I I hope that by this point she has chosen to believe in Jesus. We have not been able to be in touch with her for years now because of the situation in our former location. Um, But at the time, she was at least a person of peace who was a conduit uh, of getting the gospel to other members of her family, even if she herself wasn't interested. A funny side story, um, she, we trusted her with our kids. So there were times that we had tea meetings and we would drop our kids off at her apartment. Um, little did we know, one time that we dropped them off, that she was preparing to have host 15 of her friends for a tea. They would rotate homes uh, once a month, um, a different one would host we went to pick up the kids and there are our three kids sitting in front of her big TV, watching a movie in their language with 15 other ladies. Um, They were loud and boisterous and having a great time. But on, on the short little table that my kids were sitting at, there was this mound, mound of empty chocolate wrappers. (laughs) So each one of those 15 ladies had given each of our kids umpteen pieces. And one of our, one of our sons was literally acting drunk on sugar (laughs) by the time we took him home, but that's the, the clash of culture and what you as a Western mom feel is right and healthy for your kids. But Mm -hmm. we look, we look back on that moment with a lot of, I don't know, laughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what that kind of leads in, what was it like, uh, momming and dadding on the field being a mom and a dad going from especially y'all they both been been there single and uh how was that transition to to being a parents on the field
0: well looking back I think Marcy knocked it out of the park and I was a big hot mess so <laughs> that pretty much <laughs> describes it in my mind uh that I think that was a real turning point for me I, um And it was mostly in my mind because I I think Marcy was I mean, it was not easy by any means So don't misunderstand me, but she was doing well and the kids seemed to be doing well. But I think, um, you know, I don't know, some sort of protective instinct or just felt a bit overwhelmed by the whole thing. And so that was there was a season when our kids were little. That was probably my hardest season overseas. But um, but I think, yeah, Marcy particularly was well suited because She's great at creating structure and and discipline, you know, uh, kind of helping the kids thrive. So that I look back fondly on how she handled all that. Mm -hmm.
1: What about for you, Marcy? We kind of heard when they were when they were little, little, then what?
2: Well, I think um, I want to preface everything by saying um, God gives you the grace to do what he calls you to do. And that is the only thing that got me through some of those really hard days. You hear the saying, the days are long, but the years are short. Well, the days were very long, especially when I was uh, primarily confined to my apartment. I did create ways where I got out at least once a day. And most of the year, we had six months of winter where we lived. So most of the year, I'll say half of the year, I, I tried to make myself get out at least two or three times during the day just at different points um so i, I have three different stories james that okay. are going through my mind i'm going to tell them in chronological order the first one is when our daughter lydia was a baby uh, i had mentioned riots earlier uh, this was probably six to eight weeks on the on the heel of those riots and our city there were buses lit on fire there were people killed everyone. yeah bloodshed in the streets windows knocked out um it didn't feel like a safe place anymore to me or to any of us but um i was walking down the street with she was my daughter was in a front carrier and we're walking among armed guards and military and massive shields that they're standing behind and it. it it feels more like a place of war at that point, even though it was all very controlled. Um, but just this sense that was completely opposed to my flesh. It was—I was looking around, carrying this precious bundle in my arms, having this absurd thought of Lord, there's nowhere, nowhere else on the face of the earth I want to be right now. Mm. I am so glad you have put me here. And I recognize that nothing in Marcy, nothing in my flesh is coming up with this feeling. It is you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that I'm able to be here. And thank you that in the midst of these people's despair and hopelessness, I'm able to share the good news of of your son with these people. So um, that's one of the stories that comes to my mind, but. It was completely undergirded with his, by his grace. I hope mm-hmm. everybody who's listening knows that that was not Marcy. That was the Spirit of God empowering me and giving joy, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, well, fast forward, we had three kids now, and I'm still trying to get out multiple times a day. And, you know, when you put that many shoes on and you get the stroller down the, the elevator and the stairs, um, It's just a lot of work. But I began noticing, you know, prior to this, when it was just me as a single or Brad and I married uh, without kids, I was able to go all over the city. Um, But now here I have these three kids and it's just hard enough to get down to our courtyard. I began noticing that God was so merciful to me and he he didn't require me anymore to go across the city to have conversations. I could barely step outside of our apartment building, it seemed like. And he was bringing people to me. Um, Having young kids overseas is definitely, um, they're they're magnets. People love kids and they tear down barriers and uh, people talk baby talk, you know, (laughs) in front of other adults over kids. So they're, they're just things that draw people to you. And we lived right across the street from a hospital. And I, there were many, many days each week that simply getting outside of my apartment into the courtyard and out our little gate, I would be able to encounter someone who was sad, uh, grieving somebody that they love and cared about who was in the hospital, or they themselves had just gotten out of the hospital and were handicapped in some way. And I would be able to start a conversation with them. And more often than not, I would be able to ask, you know, can I pray with you? And they would always say yes. I don't think I ever had anybody say no. Um, and I would pray with them in their language for whatever hurt they were experiencing or loss they were experiencing. And mm-hmm. pray it in the name of Jesus. And do that with my kids right there with me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I remember my, my three kids putting their hands, their little baby mm-hmm. hands. On one woman's knee, and we prayed for her knee. So, I know I told you I had three stories, and I can't think of these <laughs> the third one at this point now that I've talked so long. But um, I don't know. Yes, it was hard, but God's grace was sufficient.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up today. <laughs> I know that's kind of a short one, but it's such a great topic, uh, just on mommy and dadding overseas. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. If you have feedback, we'd always love to hear it. And also, if you had time and could give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be listening, that would be a big help and would help other people find us. Thanks so much. Have a great week. And we'll see you soon back here with Part 3 with the Brad and the Marcy. Thanks.